Hey guys, you got Jason and Chandre. <laughs> and we're here today to tell you all about Mount Lewis Pizzeria and how it became one of Sydney's number one pizza joints. Nice. Is that okay. what you call it? Number one pizza joints? Yes, it's, yeah, I like that. That's good. So tell us a little bit about how this whole thing blew up because you guys had some of the most viral pizza manouche videos on TikTok. Yeah. I actually saw them before we... Oh, you serious? Yeah. Nice. Okay, I um, love that. I, I love when people tell me this. So, um, yeah, tell us all about it. Tell us the journey of how you guys got started with the business and, you know, everything about it so, now. So I always worked in the business with um, just helping out wherever I can with small stuff. I was in school at the time. Uh, left school, I tried to take up as many shifts as I can while I was doing a business degree. I deferred that because I thought oh, I'd rather just get experience in the field. So just working full-time at the bakery. So I went and started working full-time and I wasn't really putting my ideas into practice. I was just doing what they wanted me to do. And what they've done worked for so long, so I'm just like, okay, let it, let it ride. It hit a point where other, other bakeries were coming up and they had much better branding, but our product I know was like 10 times better. I knew that for a fact. But I'm like, okay, maybe this isn't the path that I want to be on. I've always wanted to do an office job. Let's, let's try something like that. So I went and took up a role. Um, it's a sales role for a mortgage breaking company. Mm -hmm. So I used to just, we started off with cold calling 24 seven, just like trying to get, trying to qualify these people to book meetings with the actual qualified mortgage brokers. So I learned a lot in that sales role, it was about three months. And then towards the end of it, like while it was all happening, I was watching my parents working and the, the bakery that I grew up loving was now kind of, the branding was going downhill. So because my parents are so invested in the work that they're actually doing, someone will come in and be like, oh, you should put in this new poster or like you should change your logo to this color or whatever. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, do it, do it, do it. Like whatever, they didn't care. So it was so mixed up and jumbled, the, uh, like the branding, how it looked, the colors, nothing was, we had a picture of a massive burger and we didn't even sell burgers. Like it was <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I felt like very bad that my parents' work was like going down. Like they were still good with customers. They still had their clients, mm -hmm. but they were like long-time clients they've built up from a, from a while. They weren't getting any new people, especially yep. coming to the age of social media. It was very important to kind of jump on that bandwagon. So I took a decision to leave the job and then just go full-time in the business. I think that three months of constant trying to sell, it maybe it switched something in my head. It triggered something in my head where I was just on, that's it, we're on, no more fucking around. Mm -hmm. likes to realize that all. So no more effing around, let's just get into it. And left the job, went and just started, okay, so what's the first thing I need to do here? Okay, we need, we need to know how, how the brand is. We need to see like what type of brand are we? What are the colors, most importantly? And where do you get them from? From your logo. So, okay, first things to make sense is to go for the logo. Spoke to someone. Usually we'd spend four, five hundred bucks on a logo, but then I'm like, nah, we need, we need like a proper logo. We need someone uh, doing their research on it. So I, I reached out to a group in uh, Melbourne. It was about four, five grand mm -hmm. to get the logo done, but they were like a team of people sitting around the desk uh, comparing other logos around Australia, like actually talking about colors and this and that and whatever. They came up with the logo that we have now. So I loved it. I fell in love with it. I actually was choosing a different concept that they had, but every time I'd refer back to the PDF to refer to the logo, my eyes would, the first place my eyes would go is to the logo we have. So by seeing that, I'm like, okay, look, maybe it shouldn't be this logo. Maybe it should be that logo because my eyes are, are drawn to it straight away. And that's how I picked it, funnily enough. Wow. So um, put that logo in, <laughs> that gave us our colors, which is like red, red, burgundy, whatever. 
And I've always had this vision in my head of having a red sign and then white tiles on the outside, like white, white shop. It just, it contrasts really well. So then I just went down the route of slowly chipping away at transforming the restaurant into how I visioned it in my mind. So while that was happening, we were pumping our social media a lot more. So just like we weren't, we didn't really go any viral at this stage. It was just maybe a couple thousand followers. Uh, just posting as much as we can, just random photos. At this stage, there was no videos, no reels. It was just, oh, you post photos and stuff. And from there, we finished the renovations. And then as soon as that happened, the shop next door was available to rent because it was coming into COVID and it was a travel agency. Oh, so they, they left and I'm like, all right, look, this is an opportunity to turn something that's more takeaway into something that's more cafe style. Mm -hmm. let's, let's just put seating there. Mm -hmm. So then we went down the route of, this was much harder as how I'm explaining it to you. So the way I'm explaining it to you is like it happened straight away, but it yeah. didn't. It was a lot of like researching and going back and forth with my parents. No one thought that it was going to do well to um, take up the rent of the shop next door, do this massive uh, fit out after we just did this renovation at, at the initial shop and that's going to do well. But I did my calculations in my head. And I'm like, all right, if, if we can sell this much of this item, it would make sense and we cover the rent. It's, that's it, it's simple. So... I made the decision to go for it. And we, what we did is we, we cut out a hole in the wall, like a massive hole. And it just, we made two shops into one. Wow. Yeah, so now people order on one side and they'll go down to the other side and sit down. It's more cafe style. And so your whole business is a business that has gone through so much transformation recently. Yeah. But obviously um, it's something that your parents been a long time building. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how having those really like um, deep roots with a great product helped you to be successful today and like how some of the stuff that your parents did all those years ago when they started actually still continues in the business as you you know think about growth and expansion and taking it to the next stage so i'd like to describe like the manush that we make um, it's very big in our community and everyone has their own take of how to make it it's like an italian making their napolitana sauce everyone makes it a certain way so it's it's been with us for a long time They've always made it. So for them to create this product, yeah, the product's never changed this whole time for the past 15, 18 years. It hasn't changed at all. For them to create that and for it to work, I really felt I had an obligation to kind of push, push it as much as possible because it, it's not really seen in Australia. So in the, in the Western suburbs, yeah, you get a lot of bakeries, but it's not really marketed in a way where people of our generation are going to want to go for it. And Which how is, do you make it? How so do you that's give how it that I saw appeal? that. How do I make what? How, how do you give it that appeal? The branding of the business. Yeah. So you need to make sure you have a good product. Once you have a good product and you believe in it, you can brand the business in a way that looks pretty. Right. And then from that, people are going to naturally come. Right. As long as you blast the, 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 like the marketing, obviously. Mm -hmm. So I don't mean to use this as an example, probably shit example, but you walk into a club and then you see a girl, you're going to go up to her if she's pretty. You don't know if she's got a good personality or not, personality being the product. So I needed to, I knew I had the product. I just needed to make the look of the brand enticing enough for people to come and join it. And yeah, I don't know if I answered the question, I'll be honest. No, that was, I think that makes a lot of sense. So yeah. I feel like um, for a lot of businesses today that, you know, have been around for a while, yeah. um, a lot of them, you know, are just this stale. Like they, are this, they look the same as they did all that, all those years ago when they started. Um, and on top of that, what makes them also very unrelatable is that they're not on social media. Yeah, so that upsets me because like, yeah. it's so easy to, it's very simple steps to kind of, to change that. But So what role did social media play in you being able to 
transform your business from you know the business that your parents founded to now this business that people talk about all the time and um you know is in hyper growth mode yeah so at the time reels and tiktok was getting more popular obviously and we always did like photos and stuff on our social media i'm like all right maybe now we should be uploading videos so then i'm like okay look tiktok's out let's make a tiktok account and let's just post one reel uh, a day for 30 days and see what happens i lasted like a week and i I just i couldn't do it every single day it was annoying to edit it took like two hours to edit a video it was crazy so i'm like all right we'll do a couple every single day so well, I just kept that up, the consistency of posting videos. And then I found my style of how I like to edit. What's your style? Um, I like quick clips with music over. Uh-huh. Um, and the clips move with the beat. Okay. So very just like 30 second video of me showing the process of oh, the, folding the dough, then bringing it to the oven, cooking it, and then bringing it out. And then I showcase the product pretty much. How do you keep that fresh? It stays fresh because it's the, the ingredients that we use. So yeah. that's what differentiates us from a lot of bakeries. I mean the content, not the food. Oh, okay. <laughs> How do you keep the content fresh? The way like, we keep it fresh is different from now to... So what were you going to say? Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, like, for a lot of people, they feel like that behind-the-scenes type content is can be so monotonous. Like, because you're doing the same thing most of the time. Like, yeah. every day, it looks so similar. And I think a lot of people can't actually creatively find ways to make it interesting or, like, make it relevant to what's trending at that point in time or make it something that people want to watch. See, that's the thing. You don't even have to do that. People aren't watching your page only. They're watching other stuff as well. So yeah. you can post something. Look, you always see influencers reposting something that went viral a year ago. You know, you can you can refresh your ideas. You, if you've done something before, you can do the same video in a different way. And then that's new content. People aren't going to remember everything. So there, there, there is an importance in keeping new content and keeping it fresh and coming up with new ideas but at the same time it's not as hard as it. it's not like okay now i've done this video with this food scratch it, i can't ever do that again no you can now bring it back and do it in a different way so that's why it's kind of like yeah you just gotta don't, don't think too much about it you know just go post post what's as much a, as you can what's the craziest idea that you've had that you've actually done just all around in the business yeah in the business probably just opening next door for the for the seating because that wasn't known to have a bakery Oh, that sells manush that has seating as well. Yeah. So that was like, I saw a hole in the business. I'm like, all right, this is like something, opportunity, sorry, not a hole. And this is something that I can capitalize on. I'm like, okay, let's do it. Let's just turn it into a cafe. Yeah. And then that's that's how it is now. So. And that for me is um, that like ability to understand opportunity and take risk is such an important trait for entrepreneurs. 100%. How did you feel when you had that idea and you're you know talking to your parents about making this huge investment, oh, but also fuck. taking a huge risk. I was fucking you know? excited. I was fired so, up. I really, what, I knew it was going to work. What did I wasn't, you say? How I wasn't nervous at all. Like <laughs> nothing. But I guess that's what comes with um, having such a strong foundation. So I'm lucky because if, I, if it wasn't for my parents building, building the business to what it was and I was starting from scratch, I'd be so nervous to do that. Like outlaying that much money and like, yeah. especially during COVID, we were still paying for our rent while we were building the place and we had problems with council and it took much longer than expected and that was just rent going down the drain. So, but I, I had an ultimate vision and it wasn't leaving my head. Uh, I told you, I had a picture of red sign, white tiles, that's it. I want a beautiful white tile shop with um, a red sign and I know for a fact it's going to attract people. Like, uh-huh. you can just see it, you know, you know when it's going to work. So it's almost as if I'm looking at my parents and everyone telling me, no, it's, should we really do this? I'm like, bro, are you, are you fucking crazy? Like, no, this is going to work. It's going to be amazing. So I think it was that, I didn't have not one bit of doubt. And I think that's what kept me pushing towards it. 
Where do you think that your vision for that came from and your ability to be so confident in it came from? It just looks good. You can tell we're humans. We, we know when something looks cool and then other people are going to feel the same, which is the best way you should approach marketing. So if you believe in what you're doing, we're human and our customers are human. So they're going to believe it as well. As soon as you try something that you don't really see as, ah, oh, maybe it's going to work, maybe it will, maybe it won't, then you've already lost. You need to make sure that, oh, wow, it excites me. Yeah. So that's the main thing. I don't know where it came from, the design. I just thought, all right, fuck, red, red sign's going to look amazing because red is probably the best color you can use for food. Mm-hmm. So every business obviously uses different colors. Uh, someone that sells electronics is going to use blue or silver. Someone that does eyelashes is going to use black or gold. Someone that does food, yellow, red, green. You know what I mean? So it was, and red's probably the best one, in my opinion. It's most striking color. So because us selling what we sell, we could put that striking color. Whereas if you're a more conservative business, like a jewelry business, jewelry shop, you're not going to put red. So I was confident with having red, um, contrasting with the white is going to look amazing. And so, yeah, that's how I did it. And this whole lens that you have yeah. for marketing, uh, where you can kind of see in your mind what you think will look good and what will resonate with people and what makes sense for your business and for other businesses. Yeah. Where did you learn that from? Um, YouTube videos. Yeah, I did wow. a lot of uh, I do a lot of like researching podcasts, YouTube videos, stuff like that. Um, a couple like mentor programs where I join and I'll just take into like I'll take in the information that they're giving and then I'll turn it into my own. Right. After you comprehend it, so when you comprehend something, you can make it your own. And from that, it kind of reassured the way I was thinking. So I already knew these things that I've learned, but I didn't know how to put words to it. Right. So then when I heard the words to it, I'm like, okay, wow, this like it's it's true. Makes sense. Yes. And the main thing is like if I can sum it up in in a, in one line is that people are gonna choose your product based on two things. How recent they've seen your product, logo, and how frequent they've seen your logo. Look at Maccas, you see it everywhere. You see signage, you see every time you go somewhere, you see like a Macca sign or something. So you're never gonna forget it. Yeah. Same same way as I approached my marketing. At the start, I wasn't very I wasn't like a sniper, I was just like a machine gun shooting everyone. I'm just trying everything out. And from there, I saw that, wow, okay, blasting your logo as many places as possible really works. And So what were some of the places that you blasted it? What, what was that like? So after making the TikTok, um, posting the same videos on TikTok and Instagram, some of them won't do well. The ones that won't do well, I put in the money to boost it. I'll boost it. I'll also at the same time. So everything works. It's like a massive web marketing. You can't just do one thing and it works. You need to have some sort of plan where, okay, I'm gonna attack from every single angle. I'm not just gonna go from this angle. So I said, okay, we're gonna do the, mar- the marketing for the social media, boosting a bunch of posts. Like, I don't care, the money's there, I'm gonna set a budget and boost it. Some people think, oh, no, I'm not gonna boost it, I'm gonna do it naturally, no, I don't care, I don't have time for that, I'm gonna do it now. If, if, if I can do it, I'll do it now. If not, obviously keep posting, but if you can, why not? So I blasted from that aspect, and then at the same time, I hit a couple billboards in the area, and then I also did a run of pamphlets. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is very, very old. Yeah. But Was see, that the same time period? Uh, similar, yeah. Okay. So I thought, all right, not, back in the day, we used to think, all right, we're not going to do pamphlets anymore because everyone does pamphlets. Yeah. Now we're going to do social media. Now no one does pamphlets. So it's a good time, so to, it's do a, it's a good time to do it. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, all right, fuck, we should, we should do pamphlets. Yeah. So I did that as well. And I think, honestly, the whole, everything coming together, like from the customer's point of view, they have their customer journey, all right? They're going to, it starts from the first time they see your logo until they leave the shop. And even after that, it just it keeps going. So if you're the customer and you see my ad on Instagram, you're like, oh, okay, cool, next, whatever. 
and then you're driving along two days later, you see it on a billboard. Oh, where do I know that from? Okay, yeah, whatever, pack it away in my mind. Um, hanging out the, that weekend, you see another video on TikTok, I don't know. And it's, it's, more, it's resonating with you more and more. You're more comfortable with it. Your subconscious is much more comfortable with seeing your brand and it's gonna take it on. So that's the frequency part. That's how mm. frequent you've seen the logo and how recent they've seen it. Say that Sunday, they're like, oh, I wanna go eat somewhere. Oh, you know what? I've been seeing this, this place that does like this pizza thing all week. Let's go try it out. No, no, no. And like, it just goes from there. Is there a brand that you love that's just been so inspiring to you in terms of seeing how it looks, what the aesthetic is, how it makes people feel, how often you see it? Like food that's similar, similar it, to me? It could be, doesn't have to be food. It could be any brand. Like where do you take, when you look at like a gold standard for you to be able to learn from and, you know, as like a business person, be able to kind of... Um, There's two. I love um, Papa John's in America and I love the, I, I love McDonald's. Okay. I like how McDonald's have, like, you got to give them credit. Look what they've done. Probably number one restaurant chain in the world. Why do you think they've done so well? Because they've been consistent with, with their values and what they believe in and what right. they want the brand to look like. Uh, family place, kids everywhere, blah, blah, blah. Um, and also, as well as that, just having a brand that they've just kept blasting out. They've yeah. just kept showing the brand. They haven't stopped at all. And that's built it to where it is today. So Papa John's is started in, his, in, in one lifetime. This is what I love about it, that one person in their lifetime can go from nothing to having an, a, a billion dollar business. So that's, that's sick. Like it's like, oh, wow, I don't have to start something and then my kids are going to do that. No, I can do that now with obviously being in a capitalist society. We have, we have these opportunities and we really need to take advantage of them. What's your vision for the business and for yourself as a business person? I have a 20-year plan, 20-30-year mm -hmm. plan. Say... 20 years from now, or 50, say 10, 15 years from now, I'd love to be at the point where I can now fully step away from the business. Everyone's in place to do what they got to do and built over like a billion dollar business. That's my, that's my goal. Like I want to hit one bill and I'm happy. And then from that, let it ride. And then I have other things that I'd like to do in life, but I need, the, I need this to work first. So then I can attack that. And I, what, what are the steps that are happening right now for the business? that you're excited about that are, you know, huge milestones on that journey for you? Changing around the systems and the processes in place. Uh -huh. So making everything more efficient. So we've hit a place where, all right, we're so busy now, thank God, that we, we, almost, we can't handle the amount of orders that come in. So we're telling people sometimes 50 minute wait, which is like- Five zero. Five zero, yeah. And it's, wow. it's crazy. People wait, but like, it's Next very time, annoying. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm heading in that direction, I'm going to let you know in advance. You call me and I'll make it for you on the side. That's all my mates do. They'll call me, yeah. I'll make it on the side and tell you, you don't have to wait. But see, if I can turn that into something, that's why I love Macca so much. Because they made, they got something and they turned it into a speedy system where it was a few minutes and you get your burger. So if I can turn this into a system where I'm not going to hit for two, three minutes because that's a bit hard at the moment. But if I can give people their food consistently, even in busy periods, in like 10 minutes, then... I'm happy with that. But then it goes back to what I was saying before about if I was to open a new place, I'd know how to set it out to make that system, like to make it much easier. Right. Now, the way the production line set up, it works, but it's like it limit, we're limited to a certain amount of people, which I didn't know we were gonna hit anytime soon. So when I did the renovations, if I knew we were gonna have that many more people in the next year, two years, I would have changed it a bit. I would have made more space in certain areas, more space in the wrapping area, more space to put like the, the spare stuff, you know what I mean? So that all comes with putting these processes and systems in place where I can now, like 
the main thing is that I can see this. I can see these mistakes. So it's like, okay, I know what the mistakes are. I can now uh, fix these mistakes in the next shop that I open, which is what's so exciting about it. Well, one thing that I remember you talking about before we started filming was yeah. um, that you're in this space now where you're trying to basically build a playbook for your business. So that what's a playbook? Oh, a playbook. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so yeah. that you know, when you go to shop number two, three, four, five, you know yeah. exactly what you need to be doing. Hundred percent. Exactly. What's been the biggest lesson for you or learning for you in the last twelve months? That em- employees are probably the hardest part of a business for me personally. Everything else for me is very easy, but you can't control people. People are they have emotions. They have their own aspirations. Not no one aspires to work in a bakery for the rest of their life. So. It's, it's harder than I thought that it would be to get the, the, to get the employees to come, um, give them a vision, like sell, sell a vision, get them to stay with me, but eventually they're gonna go off and do their own thing as much as you train them and whatever. And I think that's like the biggest, I guess, shock. It's like, oh, I didn't know that was a shock. I thought everyone wants to work and stay at a place, but no, it's not. That's where it is. So there's a lot of ways that you can now go into having automated things instead of workers, but at the same time, I don't want to do that too much. Like for example, now we have um, a system that I've created where you can order with QR codes on your phone. I didn't go with UFoods and whatever, all those apps that you do it, because you have to pay a certain commission, two, 3% a year. Two, 3% on someone that's making a couple hundred grand, not that much for a million dollar business, it's, it's a bit. So I thought, nah, if, if I can create this program myself, and uh, the next shop I open, third shop, fourth shop, I can just implement that thing to all of them. I don't have to go and then make other deals. Created that. That's How'd you create now, that? Uh, I have my designers that integrated it into the website. That was okay. very, very hard because I don't think they've done something like that before. Uh-huh. So that we had to pretty much create that um, that function, the functionality. It's still having bugs till today. Even like I'll, I'll message the guy like once a week saying, mate, like it's not scrolling on this page, for example, stuff like that. But that's all bugs that you can fix. So by doing that, I started thinking, okay, maybe I don't want to eliminate the the process of someone coming in ordering from a person because there's a fine line between going full systems and processes and then making the business more cold. So that's something that no one really looks at. You don't want the whole thing to be automated because what if someone wants to speak to a human? Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is why I've kept both options there and now I'm kind of seeing, okay, where's the world going? What are we What are we gonna do? Are businesses eventually gonna be no interactions with humans? Are you just gonna go in, order online, collect your food, no one's, the robot's serving it to you? Yeah, that's cool, but it's a, it's a bit more cold, the simplest way to describe it. What are the values that your business has at the moment that you want to consist, keep consistent as you grow? I like the values of us being a family restaurant. Um, it's a very family-friendly environment. I've been told heaps of times that I should do like shisha, you know shisha? Oh, yeah. That I should add that in, but no, I don't want smoking because that it, it, it's, it doesn't fit with the family environment dream. So if I can keep the shop's consistent with giving that that feeling of you're part of a family, you're part of a community, um, it's traditional, and everything's kind of like a show happening in front of you, yep. then, then I'll be happy if I can just keep that. That's gonna be the hardest thing. Why do you think that's so important? Because that's what people relate to. So if people see a family business um, and everyone's working together, they can feel the love, and that makes them want more inclined to go to the place. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's a takeaway shop and then no one's in the family's working there, no one cares about each other, no one's interacting with each other, and everyone's just there to do their job, then it's gonna be, as I said before, like more cold. It's, you, you want that, you wanna feel the love. I know it sounds cheesy and stupid, but it's actually true. That's a whole piece around emotion, right? Exactly, 100%, we buy off emotion. So, yeah. And emotion is what we remember. 
So if something can make us feel anything, we will remember it. Whereas if we go into a restaurant, everything's good, and then you leave, you'll probably forget the restaurant. Whereas if you went in there and someone smiled at you and you, you felt it, just, just something small, you will, you will automatically refer back to that emotion you had the next time you want to eat that food. So, oh, I want to eat it again a month later. Oh, your brain brings you back to that emotion. I remember that place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 100%. So that's why it's so important to keep, keep the love. That's very cool. Yeah. I have one last question for you. Yeah. Um, what does one life mean to you? One life. I've always been uh, very big on learning online. I'm not very with going to university and whatever, unless you have to to get your degree. For example, a doctor, you have to go to uni to get a degree. A lawyer, same thing. Business, I don't think so. I think you can go out into the field and do things yourself while utilizing the, the platforms we have today, such as YouTube, TikTok, One Life Club, to learn the things you need to learn, to G you up to do the things you need to do. Uh, that's where I got my knowledge from. I'm doing pretty fine and I'm fucking fired up for my life. So if I can do that, then other people can do it. with. And One Life Club's perfect for that because people can join it. They can watch all these videos from people that have done it before. And it's like, wow, okay, I can learn a thing or two. This works. This is amazing. And then, yeah, that's why it's so important, I think. So it's really good. That's so cool. And I mean, I absolutely agree. I think we were talking about this early on, but for me in my journey, like when I started my first company, I had no idea of you know, what to do and... It's so hard to find people to be able to mentor you. So I, it's yeah. been amazing hearing a little bit about your journey and thank you for sharing it. I know that there are going to be, you know, thousands of people who will watch this and be so inspired by how you really like were able to take the bull by the horns. Mm, thank um, you so much. And transform, you know, create this transformative yeah. um, like strategy for your business that um, clearly is working so well. 100%. So thank you for sharing. No, thank you for, for having me. It's amazing hearing that from you as well, obviously. So no, thanks. It means a lot. Amazing, all good things. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Done.